Hey everyone, welcome to the Truth About Real Estate podcast. And today we are talking with Christina Kudlock from Miss Property Solutions. Christina is the founder of Miss Property Solutions, where she helps clients sell their homes quickly and easily in just three easy steps. Today we're going to discuss SEO, how it affects marketing, how it affects home buying process, and how she buys properties for cash, uh, specifically in the Los Angeles area. And she's also located in Phoenix, Arizona. So welcome to the show, Christina. Let's look forward to talking to you. Hello. Yeah, you hear me? Cool. Come on. Hey, sorry. froze there for a second. <laughs> yeah, no worries. So yeah, we're just saying at first, you know, welcome to the show. Excited to talk to you about marketing, SEO, lead gen, and specifically buying properties for cash. Yeah, thanks, Matt. I'm excited to be here. First off, I want to ask you, you know, how did you get started in real estate and why? Yeah, so I first got started in real estate. Um, I picked up a, bo a book on wholesaling and was like, what? You can do that? I like didn't know that was a thing. I had tried to kind of dabble in real estate before. And usually what most people think when they want to get started in real estate, they'll say, oh, we'll go get my real estate license, right? So I did that for a time, really didn't, didn't enjoy it. And then a few years later, yeah, I picked up a book. It was like this $2.99 ebook on Amazon. And it was all about like getting started in wholesaling. And yeah, I was just like, my mind was blown. I didn't know that was a thing. I didn't know that that was something that you can do. And that's what led me here. Isn't it pretty interesting that you can get started in real estate and without using your own money and, and start using other people's money, start doing wholesaling, start learning more about the ins and outs of it. And as a wholesaler, you know, there's a lot of different categories of things to learn. Yeah. What did you what did you start learning as a wholesaler? Like, did anyone teach you to get started besides a book? Yeah. So from there, I did do a few like coaching programs and was a, a part of like different when I um, first started my real estate journey, I was just moving to Los Angeles. I'm, I'm from Phoenix. That's where I am. I'm back in Phoenix now. But um, I moved over to LA and was like, you know what, instead of at, at the beginning of it, I was trying to look for a job. I was an executive assistant for a logistics company in Phoenix and had like six years of experience doing that. So I was like, um, I'm going to find another executive assistant job. And but then when I was looking for jobs is when I stumbled across the concept of wholesaling. So I was like, I'm going to do this instead. And um, so I moved to L.A. It was completely new market to me. And uh, but real estate was new to me as well. So I just started there. And um, yeah, I, I joined a few like investors clubs just to like rub shoulders with other people who were doing it. And then um was kind of from there starting to learn about marketing because you know as a, a wholesaling uh, as a wholesaler or a wholesaling company that's really what it is more than anything as a marketing a marketing machine for finding leads and whatnot so that's when I started getting um, just learning more about lead generation which was something that I had never done before and um, and yeah did pretty much have tried every lead gen strategy in the book so um, that's kind of what what got me off the ground nice and it's really interesting you bring up the word you know real estate marketing lead gen and you know learning to create create funnels for example right so you know when you go into real estate like you know the first part of mind of real estate is like okay i want to buy and sell houses i don't really think about the marketing side right. for real estate agents they might think about okay i'm going to help buy and sell houses but wholesalers when they start doing real estate they start thinking about how do i start creating marketing funnels 
right? Totally. It's kind of interesting. Two different things, but they're all the same products. So why is it that, you know, like real estate agents thinking about the sales side of things first, while wholesalers start thinking about the marketing side of things first, right? Yeah, that I had never thought of it that way, but that's true. That's so true. So, yeah, let's kind of dive into that first. The first part of the marketing side of things. As a wholesaler, you start learning about marketing. You start, like you mentioned, okay, you're going to start learning about how to market, how to advertise, how to do lead campaigns, how to attract sellers who are looking to sell their property and mm -hmm. how to have cash you know, offers, right? Right. Why do wholesalers start looking at the marketing piece first? Um, well, I mean, because it you really do need to have a steady stream of incoming leads to be able to to try to convert. You know, I, I would say that finding people who are willing to sell at wholesale is probably much harder than someone who just wants to list their house. So you really do need a, a steady stream of leads coming at you to be able to consistently convert them into deals. So, okay, so creating inbound marketing, creating a steady, a steady stream of leads coming in so mm -hmm. that you can contact them to follow up to see what their goals are, right? Right. Whether it's inbound or outbound, like both mm -hmm. different kinds of marketing, but just leads coming in for sure. Okay. Leads coming in. Okay. And how, like for when you're first starting off and think back when you first started seven years ago, how, what did you do to start figuring out how to uh, bring inbound leads? You know, one of the first things I actually started was with door knocking. And that was, I, I think, a good move for me because it got me having conversations right from the get go. Right. And there's there's something to be said. Um, I mean, it's probably a little bit more daunting to have those conversations face to face than over the phone or through texting, all these other different kinds of streams of ways you can talk to people. But it really just kind of like gets you right in there. You have no, you know, no choice, but to, um, to just show up and, and give it all you got, I think. So, um, having that face to face and being, you know, at people's door really got me comfortable with rejection very fast. And that's something that I think you really do in real estate or especially as a wholesaler have to have, um, you can't take no's too personally, right? You got to just like move on to the next one. No's to me are probably better. It's better than a maybe, right? We hear that often. So, um, and just getting, getting comfortable with having conversations. And um, I, I think being face-to-face -to -face too, while it might be a little bit more scary up front, it, um, it is also more comfortable once you get doing it, right? Because people, you know, people might hang up with on you on the phone or might be a little bit ruder to you on the phone. But when you're face to face, you get less people who um, are like big and bad, right? You have, you do like get people are a little bit more graceful. <laughs> and I like that. I think, for example, door knocking is one of the hardest. I would say in real estate, door knocking is one of the hardest in a sense, because you really have to grind it out, go door to door, be open to getting rejection in your face in person, right. and also right. to get yeses and nos. But the point being of door knocking is really the, to try to create a lasting impression, try to create a relationship, try to see if they need help and talk to them. As a wholesaler, you know, you're asking a specific question to them if they're looking to buy at a certain price point and you're targeting, um, trying to help specific people to sell their property, right? Because right. you're, you're looking through it. But when you think about the sales side of things, that's hard because you're actually asking people to their face and most likely people are not going to slam the door in your face as easily uh, as a phone or a text or email. Right. So you can have a conversation and if you can get your foot in the door and say, like, hey, okay, this looks like a nice person to talk to. What does she want? Okay, she's gonna ask me a question. Okay, great. I'm open to listening right now. 
on a, on a text, I'm, I'm busy. I'm, not, I'm just going to ignore it. On an email, right. I don't even look at it. On a phone call, spam. Every call I get is a unknown number, probably spam. Pick it up, spam. Okay, hang up, right? So that in-person conversation equals a lot of weight, but at the same time, it takes a lot more work to do it. It does. It's, it does. That's why I don't talk knock anymore. But yeah, it was a good like little starter step for sure. Okay. Good. And then how, for example, just thinking about that, how long did you do that for? Why did you just decide not to do that? And what did you do instead? Yeah. So I did that for a good, um, almost six months, I would say. Uh, and was doing some other forms of marketing too. But uh, at that time is when I started cold calling and realized I can, you know, I can touch a lot more people just cold calling um, than I can door knocking. So then I started with, with cold calling. I got into SEO, um, did some stuff like bandit signs and um, was never really big into texting, but SEO, that's kind of when I started really getting into SEO. And and I didn't have at the time when I started, I really didn't have a big budget. Um, and so because it was I was doing it full time, I didn't have like another I had savings, right, but I didn't have um, a steady income to keep my machine going. So I did look for like lower cost kinds of strategies. And it was around this time that I discovered SEO. And I had never heard of SEO before. I don't have a, a technical background whatsoever. Um, but I was really kind of intrigued by it. And I, I remember hearing, I'm not sure if it was a podcast or someone at one point said, SEO is the only lead generation strategy that actually gets cheaper over time. And I was like, that's cool. That's something to, um, to look into. Right. But I looked at a few different like marketing companies or SEO firms to do my SEO for me. And it's just, it wasn't in my budget at the time. So I was like, you know what, I'll, I'll, I'll just learn it myself. And it did kind of turn out to be a little blessing in disguise because, um, it did teach me like a lot of really cool stuff. And now, um, I know SEO, you know, definitely more than the average person. So, um, and it has been just the, the best lead generation strategy of any other, of any other channel that I've, that I've dealt with. So nice. And let's talk about that too. Before we talk about that part of it, you mentioned co-calling you know, when you started, now you realize, okay, door knocking was a lot of work, took a lot of time, energy, you're out on the field looking and you're taking that much time for one person when cold calling, for example, can talk to m many more people really quickly, right? And you can right. ask yes, no questions. And it's, if it's no, you're moved on to the next person. So you're becoming more numbers based, right? And driven right. that way. But in terms of cold calling, what happened when you started cold calling? How did you start cold calling? And what kind of results did you see? Yeah. So when I first started cold calling, it was me actually doing the dialing myself. I, you know, I did, I, I got a dialer and whatnot. And after I did it for, and it was successful, I would get, you know, um, a few deals. But the thing with you being your own cold caller is that you, um, so you, you're consistent on cold calling, right? You drum up some leads and then actually working those leads, driving out to properties, all of, of what it takes to, um, to dispo them takes you off of the phones. Right. And so I would get into this continuous slump where I'd get a, a few deals and then two months would go by and then it'd be, an, uh, you know, on the third month again, I'd get a, a few deals. So it was just like kind of this up and down roller coaster because, I was the one cold calling. So then, you know, I eventually um, hired VAs and they did cold calling uh, 
did the the calling for me. Okay. Yeah. Nice. And you know, when you're doing cold calling, were you using like a triple line dialer, a single line dialer, your cell phone, just dialing one by one? And oh, your, yeah. your yep. Using a dialer. I believe I, I started with Mojo with their mm -hmm. triple line dialer. And then, um, you know, in my years of cold calling, we've done everything from call tools and call Mojo. Um, I, I wouldn't say I haven't been cold calling for a few years now, but nice. um, yeah, cool. I, I, I like the leads that are, that raise their hand and want, are like looking for you as opposed to, um, you know, they, there's the hunter and the gatherer kind of um, analogy. And I like being a gatherer and, you know, putting my message out there and having people come to me, those leads are just so much easier to convert. They take much less, um, follow up and uh, just that less touches before they convert into a deal. So now I've just built my business. So it's all inbound digital marketing. I love it. I love it. Because for example, you think about this too, in the real estate sales side of things. Okay. There's so many different ways to do things, but of course, I think many people just choose the obvious it's been done. People do it. I'll just do it. I don't want to learn something new. It's, right. It is new for the new agent or for a new, a new wholesaler, but they're going to try it because everyone said they did it. It worked. So right. for example, going back door knocking, it works. It takes a lot of work. It takes time. You should, people say you should do it because it works. That's right. one way. And then they say, Hey, you should do cold calling. But most people hate cold calling. I hate picking up the phone. I hate getting hanged up on. I hate interrupting people, for example, or I think they're busy. Maybe, maybe right. not. So people don't do People still do that. But then the next phase of things too is realizing that there's an abundance of people out there. There's an abundance of houses out there. If you can learn a different method, such as real estate marketing, digital marketing, SEO strategies, advertising strategies, which is a different field, it's marketing field, right? And right. learning that tool can create a abundance of knowledge, sharing, creating it time so people can research you find you on your time on their time and connect with you on their time so like you mentioned inbound marketing where they're raising their hand to reach out to you rather than you go hunting for them that's way better it's way more fun it's easier the conversations are easier because they reached out to you they want your help exactly right? that's exactly it when you're cold calling you have people you know we go through and try to um tried to hit like all the pillars of motivation, right? What, what so why do you want to sell? And people are like, you called me, I'm not, I'm just trying to see how much you're going to offer, right? It's a completely different conversation than somebody who filled out a form online or is actually calling you and, and you ask them why they want to sell and they like spill their life to you, right? It's just like two completely different conversations. Isn't that, isn't that funny? It's two different conversations because like jumping back to the cold calling and door knocking, you're ask you're asking them, you're interrupting their life to ask them questions to see if they, if it's even relevant, you don't even know if it's relevant, but on the opposite spectrum, when you have inbound leads coming to you, filling out your form, the conversation completely changes. Yeah. They tell you their life, they spill what's going on. They ask if you guys are interested, can you do it? What would you do it for? What would you buy it for? And then your conversation is, Yes, no, this makes sense. This does not make sense. This is what we can do. You want it or not. So the conversation right. becomes so much easier. But the, ch the challenge I see here too for you know salespeople, agents, and wholesalers is like, why do people start on this side of things in door knocking, cold calling, and why and when do they realize, hey, learning this different tool, marketing, automation, SEO can be really vital. It is a different category to learn. 
I think it, you know, and some people never go, go that way. They just say, hey, website's the website. I don't even touch it, right? right? No one looks at it. No one looks at it. Well, and that's especially true too. Most people, when they do get a website, they just, they set it up and then kind of let it sit there. They don't, they, they just set up a website. They're not actually do, that's not exactly SEO, right? Yep, Their SEO is the, the process of ranking it. But most people exactly like, they just want some, some place, something to put on their business cart to look legit and be able to like have a landing place for people to go. But that's, that's not exactly SEO. And I do think that, um, you know, especially for real estate investors, we're like, we need results right now. And that's mm -hmm. not SEO, right? SEO, it took me a year before I was consistently getting leads from my website and people coming to me. And most people are like, no, I can, because you can, you know, uh, get a cold caller and you can have leads that same day, that same week. Right. And you're, you, that's not the case with SEO. It's a long-term strategy and most people, you know, everybody wants results right now. And so it's, not, it's usually something people put on the back burner, but. Yeah. And you're right. So for example, getting instant gratification, I know if I door knock and cold call and I hit this number, it's going to work mm -hmm. X results, X dollars. Right. But right. in marketing, auto, marketing and um, online digital marketing, I don't know what's going to work. I don't even know if I can do it. I don't know how much I need to spend. I don't know who's going to look at it. I don't have any result to track. So therefore, I'm not going to bother, right? Right. So that's, that's the point of it. <laughs> that's pretty much what I see out there. And what I, what I think and I tell people, realize this. You know, uh, I think one person said this. One uh, person I saw before, your website is just not a website. It's actually your online store. Imagine this. I go to your store, it's empty. Do you think I want to come back? Not really. If you were Amazon and you had a physical location, it's going to be packed. But guess what? Amazon's online too, right? Their online website is more packed. And they have everything you can think of in the world is on Amazon. They built it out so that way you are always there. You're always on it. You're looking for anything you need. It's there. You get it shipped the same day, same hour to you. Crazy mm -hmm. how much they invest into their online presence. Right. But as real estate... You know, people see it as, oh, it's just a secondary method to my business, it's just a placeholder to look good, even though I don't use it. Exactly. But if you actually invested in it and you treated it as an investment, not an expense, and you spent money investing into the content, into the SEO, into uh, in the performance, then it can become a real business online. Exactly. Yeah. And people just, they're either too busy chasing the, um, the easy leads or it's just... It, and it is a little bit confusing too, right? If you don't have some sort of, um, and, and most people, like when I start to talk about like technical aspects of SEO, I can see like their eyes are glazing over. It's not interesting for a lot of people. It happens to be interesting for me, but I would say most people, they'd rather just hire it out to somebody else and have them do it because it's just like, man, I don't want to talk about backlinks and, you know, contents and stuff like that. But one of the things that I always kind of caution people with when they're, you know, they're like, you know, who should I go to? What's a, a good SEO company? And I, I, I can't say that I've found one that's like a one stop shop for everything. There's like, you know, I might use one place for this and this and this, but um, and, and, and how can you judge if you don't know anything about SEO? How can you judge that? Like, OK, this person, what this person's doing is legit or this person, no, that's that's just a bunch of spammy stuff that they're going to be doing for you, right? You have no gauge of of being able to like 
judge these, these companies. And, you know, it can be something that is very easy to just throw money at and you're not going to get the results for. So I, I do always think having some sort of like a basis understanding of what, what it is you're at least um, paying someone for is, is so important. Yeah, and I, I agree. And let's go to this. Okay, for example, for those out there who are not tech savvy, who are, it's something new to explore. I think there's a couple key points that you can take a look at. Like really, you know, Google it, for example, Googling it. Okay, I'm going to Google the top uh, search engine companies, search engine optimized companies for real estate specific. And then you take a look at their websites. Does it impress you? Is it the first one found? If it's the last one found, you don't want to go to them. If this is the first one found, first three, take a look at all three. And right. then take a look at the next thing. We need to start looking at it. When you read their website, how captivating are, are they? How are they emphasizing what they're saying? And does it resonate with you? And can it, does it look like it's going to help you? It does. Then great. Is their grammar good? Is spelling good? Uh, everything they say is good? Um, is, it, is their call to actions good, for example, in just marketing in general? And okay, next part of it, what's the cost to all three of them? Okay, one's crazy, too expensive for corporations, great, don't use them. The next one seems okay, worth a shot, and the third one seems too cheap. Well, okay, too cheap might not make sense because you get what you pay for, and then you start the next process of this. Go look at the reviews. Go Facebook search them, Yelp search them, Google search the companies, see what kind of reviews you're getting, and see if you can find anything about those companies. And then you start seeing that. And the third part of it is take a test. You know, try it for a month. Don't sign a one-year contract. Try to say, hey, I'll, I'll try you out. Give me a month. If it works, it does or doesn't. Mm -hmm. uh, but from there, you can kind of learn too. Okay, how are they doing things? What does it look like? Some companies cheat. I'll do the same thing for every single person and just charge all of you the same price. So it doesn't really help each other individually. And right. they're just it, liking it. Like, for example, type in the word keyword real estate for SEO. None of us are going to win. Zillow is going to win because they pay the most money. Right. So that doesn't work for you. If they're doing that, isn't it, it'll just be like a percent, but it doesn't even add real value. What are they doing to add real value to your marketing? How are they making you different for your different market, for your different price point? So then you start learning more about the SEO. And SEO is search engine optimization, right? So for those, what are you doing? You're optimizing the search for you and what you're trying to provide to people. How do you do that? You know, and like, what are you doing? How do you do it? And who do you use it for? So for in case you're in your instance, you're, you know, you started learning SEO. Did you try a couple of different companies out there? And what did they give? What kind of results did they try to help you with? Yeah, I did try a few different ones. I I went the um, like more high tier end. And then I've also done the lower end just to see like the difference in what I was getting. Um, one of the things that I would say that like you want to be just like cautious of is like, you know, links, chest for links. Um, oftentimes you'll get like some spammy links. They're like on PBN sites, which is like pr private blog networks, blogs that exist just to create links it's not like they're actually giving any value so just looking for um for a place that's going to give you links that are like very strategic that are actually going to bring you traffic they're um they're well placed and 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 they're actually going to be something that like you get traffic from right so those are always like are good um and then i have done like with a an indian like a, a company overseas and 
depending on the work that you need to be done, like often or with SEO, one of the huge things that you'll be paying for is content. Content is really important. So you really don't want to go for content at anywhere that's not like American or maybe like UK based because you you want the content to be really high quality, especially if it is going to be on your site. Um, and, and, you know, just you, you really want to look for somewhere that's going to do like a kind of all around do really good competition research for you so that they know what kinds of pages that they should build, be building because you don't necessarily want to just create more, more content just for the sake of more content, right? You want to like be strategic about it and see, okay, you're all of your competitors. Where, what are their top pages? What are they actually bringing in? Um, their leads from, right? What kind of articles are they posting that are bringing them traffic and go and um, create a, a piece of content like that on your website that's even better to hopefully, you know, beat them on the rankings for what is bringing them traffic. So stuff like that, I think is, is really important. That's good. Because for example, when you start investing into your website and your content marketing, yeah, you're talking about content and you're trying to see what's different out there for your market and how you can answer questions. So you start thinking about, okay, what questions are buyers looking, um, you know, especially for cash offers, what questions are they asking out there? Mm -hmm. And you start seeing, okay, if I Google it right now for my market in Los Angeles, who do you find? Okay. And when you look at their websites, what do you see? Is that information valuable? Are they ranking well? Um, can you make something that's the same? Can you make something different? If it's the same, Google doesn't care so much. If everyone's the same, it doesn't. It actually dings you because you're not. You're copying someone else's. So when you start creating original content, that content circle is getting more valuable. But as people find it easier and digest it more and more, then the ranking goes back up again, right? Exactly. So that's a part of it, but that's an investment because now you're telling me, okay, not on top of wholesaling or real estate sales, I gotta do write content marketing, and I need to. If I don't write well or I don't speak well, I need to go hire someone. I need to find someone to write it for me in my area they don't even know about. That's yeah. tough, right? It is. But, There's a lot of factors to it. Yeah, and like, oh, I don't have the energy or time for that. I need to hire someone out there, but I don't know who to hire. So therefore, I don't do any of this. But exactly. in order to really think about it is like, okay, when you do real estate sales or you're a wholesaler, you're, you have a business. You're, you need to reinvest into your business. So as a business owner, you need to learn that a business owner has so many different categories. You have all departments as a business owner, and then you need marketing as a part of your business. You need to attract. You can pay for Zillow leads. You can pay for other leads, but you're paying like what one thousand per lead, for example, if you even close it, or some you know per zip code costs a lot. But in SEO, like you mentioned, SEO gets cheaper over time. So if you invest in your SEO, invest in your content, it gets cheaper over time. And also, like you mentioned, the conversion gets way higher, way easier, more conversion, more inbound. You wake up every day, you have a fresh uh, bucket of leads come in, and all you're doing is asking, what can you do for them? Right. Yeah. So that's, that's fun. That's fun, right? <laughs> that's and the my, fun part. Mm -hmm. I, I would add to that, just for my personality and my skill set I'm like naturally more of an introvert and talking to people all day on the phones like really just didn't do it for me and so SEO I'm like I kind of figured out oh I could just kind of like geek out on this on my own at my computer and then people like the more motivated ones start to come to you on their own and it's it's perfect isn't that that's really nice and like let's dive into that okay so you started creating content 
did you write the content yourself? Did, did you start searching and com competition ranking search your, your other competitors? And did you hire any ghostwriters or, you know, how did you build the content out first? Yeah, yeah. So to begin with, I, I was doing all my own content. Um, now I'm at the point where no, I, I, I pretty much don't write anything for my site. I have a few different ghostwriters. And then, um, but yeah, because I'm I, I actually do enjoy writing. But the kind of writing that you're the, the kind of writing I would enjoy more more so is like creative writing, which probably isn't so much what this is. Maybe it maybe a little bit, but I mean, you're just writing about real estate, you know, the same thing about selling your house and um, it gets a little bit boring. So I, I just hired ghost, ghost writers now. Nice. And for those out there who don't know what ghostwriting is, ghostwriting is when you have another person write for you on behalf of you. Mm -hmm. And even if it's localized to your specific market, you know, understanding that there is anyone can write it really, but I can do all the research. I can look at it. I might not know the intricacies, details that you do, but why don't you tell me those? And then I use right. that information to write it for you. And then right. you can read it and vet it out. And they, those people, the professional writers know how to write keyword specific. They know how to write content. They know how to create a captive uh, moment to capture their essence of it. And those who can, who can do it really well, it really works because now you're storytelling and you're providing value. You're sharing real estate knowledge. You're making it fun and easy on your website. And hopefully yeah. that translates to better SEO too. Definitely. And it is, um, it is, I've just lost my train of thought. I'm sorry. No <laughs> worries. I'll, I'll, I'll speak on behalf for you, for you, you know, but creating that content right there. Um, when you start investing in this content, it's um, evergreen. You can reuse this every day forever, right? So if you do an advertisement, the advertisement is in and out. You spend X amount of money. You do a, you buy an advertisement from Zillow or someone else. You spent it. It's gone next month, right? That yeah. money's gone, but your writing is there forever. It can be there right. forever. And guess what? If I'm searching for a word today, someone's going to be searching for that same exact topic tomorrow, uh, tomorrow or the year after, but yeah. in the advertisement, it's gone. Yeah. And that's a thing too, like a, a, a kind of a good tip. And if I do have a, a more important piece of content that I'm like, I'm like this, I, I want this to rank really well. I'll even create my own outline for it and give it to the writer so that I'm like very specific on the points I want us to hit. And then if you, one of the good things about it, you're saying like, you know, uh, articles that have sit there and aged, um, if you do start to lose rankings on them, going in and editing those articles, updating them a little, maybe adding some pictures and some new links is a really good way to, to get them to move back up uh, on the rankings too. So nice. it is, it is like point. an older content you can continue to use. That's a really good point too, because I don't think people out there realize that just because you wrote the article once doesn't mean you can't revisit it, re-optimize it, update it. Mm -hmm. change it a little bit to improve the results of it if you know you wrote a great piece but no one's reading it something's wrong and then figuring out what's wrong with it investing time into it to see how you make it better and that's important too and that's part of your business right you're investing into your marketing so i would say for example for those out there who don't want to do any of this consider working with finding and working with people who can do it for you and you can pay, but make them a part of your team over time. You're investing into that team to improve your marketing business, which creates a cheaper cost per lead, creates hopefully higher conversion ratios, easier conversations, more appointments. And it's a long-term result of it. But like SEO, you can't do it overnight. There's no such thing as like, okay, in 24 hours, I'll be done. I can get hundreds of leads. Not, right. That's not it.
it's no. time. Yep, exactly. So like when you started writing this content and putting pieces out there, how did you determine what to do for the a search engine optimization? How did you decide how and figure out how to optimize it? Yeah, so for me, I always kind of, so I started in Los Angeles. Los Angeles is my main market and um, started building. So you what you kind of essentially want to think of is each page of your website is um, an opportunity to find people or for people to find you based on a keyword, right? Whether it's sell my house fast, we buy houses, um, sell my property and probate quickly, something like that. You, you, you want to think of each page as an opportunity for like a, almost a, a specific situation and build out from so that you're giving, so you make a new page for a new situation to give your audience as many opportunities to find you and build it out so that like you want anybody who's searching within Los Angeles, no matter what kind of issue that they have, it, you, you optimize for that. Um, and then another thing that I uh, also was like kind of important to me is building out. So most people, even if they're living in Los Angeles County, there's people who live actually in Torrance and maybe they don't, they don't type out sell my house fast in Los Angeles. They do sell my house fast in Torrance instead. So making lots of different city pages so that people find you for, um, different areas too, right? You just want to have each page to be as, you know, you want as many pages as possible for as many situations as possible, right? In different ways people can find you. Nice, because now like the keyword you just said was, you know, help like helping people find you, your, your business and selling, right? So having many pages uh, relating to them and what their needs are. So a great point like you mentioned at first is that based on location. So if you're writing specifically for my location, I'm more likely to find you. But if you told me Los Angeles, Los Angeles is so huge, I can be in a small sub-district of it. And what that entails is the short-term, uh, short titles versus long titles, right? Long tail titles. Yep. So if you start creating long tail titles, then it's more easier than a short tail, like short tail, real estate, buy real estate. Right. None of us are going. None of us are going to win on that one. Right. So you type in, okay, buy real estate in Torrance, California. Then people are going to probably type that in because they, they even they know if I want to look for something, I can't type a generalized word in. It won't be specific. But if I type a specific word in, which is to a small pop, smaller population, I'm more likely to find what I need. Right. So typing that in, okay, great. I want to I want to sell my condo in Torrance. You type mm -hmm. that in or for cash, and then they, you might pop up first. So you created the content for that exact title that they were looking to do. Right. Yep. And, and you brought up a, a, a really good point on the longer tail keywords. Those ones are much easier to rank for, right? Something that's um, much more specific versus selling selling my house, right? Mm -hmm. But what if like selling my house for cash in Torrance, right? That's something much more specific. So it's going to be easier for you to rank above, you know, the real estate giants like Google or like Zillow or right. Yeah, exactly. You mentioned yeah in the long tail version of it. Now what happens is not only the title, the keywords, and then the content behind it, the descriptions, the values behind it that relate to that keyword will create a higher ranking. Right. So th then it gets fun because you start realizing, Hey, 
I'm providing value. I'm basically answering questions. I'm putting out information there. These keywords are what people are looking for. And the next thing of it is how do I make it better? Well, I start doing it for every single city, condo type, whatever type, development type, property. And then people start finding your website. And then, you know, this SEO starts building up and you start seeing your rankings and you start seeing performance of which pages are doing better, how they're doing, how long people are on it. If people are on it and they leave in the first second, your bounce rate is higher. So then yeah. that's not good. Why did they, why did they leave? Was it the content? Maybe. Was it the pictures? Was it the title or was it the web server? You don't know unless you start looking. So you start analyzing the analytical side of things. But, you know, in a sense, if you're a busy salesperson, then you might not have the time to do it, but you have to have a team who understands what you're, what you're trying to invest in. And if they right. do, then they start optimizing these. So you're optimizing your search right, right here to, and these things as well. Exactly. Yeah. Sounds fun. It sounds like more on the geeky side of things. It's yeah. fun. It, it works. And then like, you know, it's just a matter of investing on it. Okay, so now you have this web content page, you have this SEO behind it. How do you start seeing what's really, what kind of results are you getting? What kind of results am I getting or? Yeah, like, or in, in general, like how do you see it? How do you know what's doing good, what's doing bad? Oh, sure, yeah. So um, a good way to monitor that is just like from your keywords and there's different kinds of trackers that you can put into like Ahrefs is a really good one that I use. There's a site check pro or something like that there's uh, you could google just um keyword tracker for your website and you could put all of these keywords that you do want to rank for um so whatever your pages are optimized for right keep a running list of all these keywords and um you plug them into a, a checker system and it'll tell you where you rank and um so like if, if you're spot one you're number one on the first page. If you're 22, you're the second one on the second page. So anything that's, I would say, even halfway down page one, it's really not going to get very much traffic. You're you're really aiming to be on the first, second, and third spots. Because um, after the first spot, it, it just keeps dramatically decreasing the amount of traffic that you're going to see uh, on, on those pages. So SEO, that's kind of one of the things that I always like about SEO is like, there's really only one number one, right? You know where you you know where you rank in terms of um, of that, and sometimes you are number one for like a page, but it really you know depending on how um, frequent the search volume is for that set of keywords, you you might not see too much traffic from it, right? That's why you don't want to put all your eggs in one basket for just like one page. It's you want to have as many pages as possible. Um, to give people the most opportunities possible to find you. That's a fun topic too, because you just mentioned keyword volume. And what do you mean by volume? Search volume, right? So how many people are often typing that keyword in your area? I think a fun, a fun game everyone should play is this. In a sales team and a wholesale team is, you know, think about your market, type Think about every single word that someone would ask you for your market. Put it on a board, for example, and then you kind of like have the board where it has small words and big words. It gets bigger as it more people look at it. And you start thinking about, okay, which words are people really looking at for my area, whether it's wholesaling, buying, flipping, whatever, and put that down and then start optimizing the big words that make sense to your local market. Not real estate exactly, but the whole thing. Like, okay, San Francisco real estate, uh, flip, fix and flip or you know, cash buying looking at those long tail keywords and then start optimizing for it, creating content for it and then ranking it and checking it. But the keyword was looking at the volume. If only a hundred 
thousand people are looking at it. Okay, it's okay. It's not big, but in your local market, if your population is big, why are so little people looking at it? What happens if it was five hundred thousand, a million, two million? Well, that means a lot of people are looking at it. And how competitive is it? Can you rank for it at all? How much advertising is above you? Right, but and there, there's a a distinguish a, a distinguishment between okay, search volume, right? But what is the intent behind that search volume, right? Because if you're just doing, if you're trying to rank for a keyword like real estate in Los Angeles, that doesn't, millions of people, I'm sure probably that's a a very high search, uh, um, search volume kind of keyword, but that, that's not something I really care to rank for, right? Like that, the intent behind that doesn't necessarily mean I want to sell my house fast. Right. So you, you do want to go for volume, but also volume that has very specific intent that that shows that people are actually, you know, have a need to sell versus people are just looking at, you know, how much houses are going for in Los Angeles, just maybe they're buying a house, right. That's not somebody I care to find. That's really true. And a good point too. Like if you think about like uh, even creating a checklist, here's all the things you want to do when you're optimizing for SEO. One of the rules is intent. So if I'm looking for sellers, I would not intend to make content related to buyers directly in a sense. If I'm looking for sellers, if I'm looking for buyers, great, go for that. But what's the intent behind it? Okay. Real estate, like you said, real estate, Los Angeles, what's the call to action to that? There is none. But if you type in looking to sell real estate in Los Angeles, the intent was sell. So you had intent or invest or buy, then you're adding those additional words into it. So yeah, you're right. Make sure alongside of all these things, you're looking at intent and focusing on the intent to do what you're asking. Right. That's fun, right? That makes you think about this too. And like you you can, I can geek out on all day because you can analyze so many ways, but at the end of the day, I'm a business too. So in my business, I realize I can't spend time doing all this stuff. I need to be on the phone. I need to be talking to people. I need to be networking and selling. So then I need to invest in my team to help me build these things out. I can be the brain, give all ideas, tell them my personal wants and needs but i need to learn to create a team i need to learn to invest i need to learn to work on it i need to learn to create the call to actions and also to drive in inbound marketing and at a reduced cost Mm -hmm. so now that we have that and you start seeing your seo rankings go up how do you automate this how do you apply that to your business and like are you using any tools and you mentioned vas too are helping you so the application of uh, automating it to make it easier you know, what are you guys doing for that? Yeah. Um, so I, that, that, and then that is kind of since my SEO is all in house has been because SEO can be very time consuming. Right. And so what I found what's been most helpful for me is I do have like an assistant and, um, a few VAs being very specific about like, this is what you need to do to optimize this page and, and really cutting it out like step by step, tiny little steps with really, um, really full instructions because trying to give somebody like a, a broad sense of it and like here now go do this really didn't work for me at least. So being very like, okay, this is like checklists of, um, these are the kinds of links to, to be putting in pages. These are how you build backlinks. This is, um, and, and just like niching it out into 
very step-by-step has been helpful for me for getting VAs to to help. But then I do also still use um, some other like services that will, especially for backlinks. Backlinks are probably one of the more time-consuming SEO pieces to do. So that's something that I do tend to hire out more. Nice. And we can, yeah, let's dive into these technical things too. So yeah, checklist of links, backlinks, a niche, your step-by-step process, using the step-by-step process to guide your VAs on how to do these things that you entail. But at the same time, you were learning these things. You were open to learning how to do it. And if not, you would ask people and ask the right questions of what are they doing to help you build your business. Backlinking wise, there's so many different ways to backlink. There's so many different categories and topics. And we'll give some real life examples too. Um, for example, let's use this podcast as an example. By you coming onto our podcast, and you, you are providing value, you're providing content, you're sharing your name, you're sharing it to my network. I'm sharing myself to, you, to your network. You're creating a backlink from my website, from all, this, um, all the podcasting platforms back to your website. So you just created multiple backlinks by having one conversation with me, right? And it's forever. Yep. Isn't that amazing? That yeah. just by doing one thing, I wanted I like to be doing podcasts too. They're great backlinks. <laughs> exactly, and like, hey, guess what? For example, okay, uh, Matthew, the Truth About Real Estate podcast advertised me on all their social media platforms to all their networks: Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, uh, you know whatever website and everything all these links go back to your website because there's if he if matthew put a link into it saying hey check out christina at misspropertysolutions.com for example then you got a backlink so these start adding up and if if i have a popular page and people are looking at my website then i'm giving you a higher ranking to your website because i'm i am um what not authorizing you but i am giving you you know credit to what you do and it boosts your ranking if my website's bad and no one goes to my website it doesn't help you at all it just adds one one point, right? Yeah. So then your goal as a marketer is, okay, let me go talk to great podcast hosts and see if I can get on their show and talk to them about how I help people. And then, you know, we thank you by putting you on uh, backlinking to you. Mm-hmm. You might backlink to us as a thank you, right? Yep, exactly. So, so that's the fun part of it. I, I think for me, <laughs> huh? I said, that's just one kind of backlink. <laughs> that's one kind of backlink. Okay, content backlinking, right? You can use content, the content pieces you write. You can have writer, you can share your content on a guest blog. Like if you were guest blogging onto popular blogs and you're backlinking to yourself too, and those yep. blog sites get a lot of hits. I think another one people use too is Pinterest. Pinterest, people use Pinterest as a way to backlink to their site. So they have people who are Pinteresting all day. And like, why are you Pinteresting? It's a waste of time. They're backlinking to their website, all yep. the topics they want back to their website, products they want, services they want, videos they want, backlinking to their website. And Pinterest is a huge platform. Yep. And what kind of platform is it? It's a platform really based on backlinking. Yeah, <laughs> that's ex- that's all Pinterest is really. <laughs> yeah, but no one realizes that. They think, oh, just a pretty site. I can look at pictures. Right. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, they all look to somewhere. They all go somewhere. Okay, so now we've talked about that part of it. And you know, some of the tools you mentioned, like, okay, search engine tools, ranking tools, uh, content marketing people, ghostwriting. There's so many different tools to use. It's, it's in a business of itself to be a marketer, right? But the right. premise of it is that you're creating marketing content and volume of information to provide a service. And the service is buying your house uh in los angeles for example as a cash buyer right and use this seo to get people to have a conversation with you okay so now you got my attention i went to your website i'm looking to buy a house i'm looking to sell my house and i want to sell it fast 
what do you do with that uh, new inquiry? Um, when somebody submits a form, what happens yeah. then? Oh, oh, then we call them. Okay, you call them. And how fast do you call them? As fast as possible. Okay, Usually, any time of day? Yeah, uh, not any time of day. Usually if it's like past eight o'clock, we'll mm -hmm. wait until the next morning to call. Okay. Um, but yeah, during business hours from like 8 a.m. to 8 p.m., usually like you're going to get a call back within usually within five minutes if you know if our team is busy then i mean sometimes it can be as long as an hour but usually we're like right on those calls okay and is it important to call within the first five minutes is it important yeah definitely because these people are looking for answers like right now you want to get them while they're like have chest filled this out and they're thinking about it you know they're probably available because they're um, you know, they're browsing the internet, right? They, they took the time to fill out your site. So yeah, definitely. Yeah, we jump on them as quickly as possible. And what happens if you don't jump on them quickly as possible? Here's a good example. Who are you? What did you, what do you want? You know, I, I don't even recognize it. I, I set up a form like 10 minutes ago. I don't remember that, right? Like people yeah. get distracted, they're busy. And if you don't call it within their first five minutes, they forget about you and they moved on to the next person or they moved on to the next ta next task, right? Exactly. Yeah. So and there's some people, yeah, you've called you, maybe you called a few hours later and they've already like, Oh no, I've already talked to someone. I we're going to sell it to him. And you're like, are you sure you don't want like a second offer? And they're like, no, no, no. So it's like, yeah, you don't want to lose a deal to that. <laughs> so I spent all the time and money investing my website, but I never called them. <laughs> then there's no point. Right. right. <laughs> So calling quickly because what happens is you're calling to provide a service and everyone today wants instant gratification. I want you to ship a product to me within an hour. For example, like I want instant gratification. So if you can call back and talk to them, then you're more likely having a higher conversation, more likely to help them sell their property, right? Exactly. Yeah. You want to deliver when you say you buy houses fast, you, <laughs> you want to be able to back that up. Yeah, I bought houses fast, but I didn't call you for three days. Well, that's <laughs> not really fast. I already sold my house to someone else who bought it in seven days, right? You didn't even right. call me in three days. But for you guys, you call within an hour. That's really good. Within five minutes, really good. And of course, everyone calls within an hour sometimes. And hopefully, you call the, everyone on the list. And of right. course, the more leads you get, the more harder it gets to, to do that. Yeah. But what is the challenging part of generating generating these leads? And after you generate these leads, how how is the conversion to get, helping them? Yeah. So, um, I mean, the, the thing with SEO that has always kind of been my, um, struggle is that it is harder to scale than other lead generation forms. Um, it just does just because you build a page doesn't mean like you're going to, that means you're going to get X amount of visitors or X amount of leads. So it is a little bit harder to, that that's been my main struggle with it. But as, let's say we get, we usually are, are able to convert like one in 10 leads and sometimes even less than that. Sometimes one in 15, depending on like, there's some, there's some leads where like back to back to back leads, three leads in a row is a deal. But on average, I would say like every 10 to 15 leads becomes a deal. Nice. So for example, the reason I say nice is this in real estate sales, it's average is one to one ten. If you're a top performer, right? Maybe a little bit less, but some new person might be like one to 400. Right. So knowing the fact that in, in a SEO based ranking 
inbound marketing, if you can get one in 10, that's really good. That's like really good. And now the challenge you just said is scaling that faster, scaling it to more people. So that's your, that's a, that's an audience issue. That's audience attention issue, right? um, Advertising issue. But then the conversion ratio is so much higher that way. I would take one in 10 all day if I could, right? You know? Yeah. With cold calling, it's like one in 50. (laughs) So I'd rather talk to 10 people and get a deal than 50, right? Exactly. So that's the main point of it too. And knowing your numbers, you know, it matters a lot. And by doing these things that you're doing, you're creating more benefit to your using your SEO. You're knowing your numbers. You're having better conversations. You're making it easier to vet out who wants to buy and sell cash. Okay. So now, you know, okay, I want to sell my house cash. How do you help them sell the house? Like, how do you guys buy it? How do you guys help them? What's the next steps? After I send an inquiry to you, you talk to me. What's next? So most of our process is like 100% virtual. They, from there, after we have the first conversation with someone, we need pictures of the house, current pictures of what the house looks like. We usually ask for at least one picture of each room in the house. If you have the exterior in the backyard, stuff like that, just to get a general idea of what it looks like. And then from there, we go and run our numbers, give them an offer. Uh, we usually, if they can give us pictures the same day, then we get them We get them the offer the same day we get pictures. Um, and then, and there's even some instances where people don't want to take pictures. And um, so we can send someone out there if they, if, you know, they don't want to take pictures or we've even done um, like FaceTime with people and then they go around and like give us a tour of their house virtually. Um, But yeah, so from there we're able to run our numbers and then we, um, yeah, we give them an offer and we usually just have like a very short inspection in uh, contingency so that we can actually get out there to the property and, um, uh, and, and just make sure everything was like ad- as advertised and closed in whatever timeline they need. Nice. So yeah, by, you know, they reach out to you, they provided what they needed and then you use that information and take a look at their house mm-hmm. and, you know, doing virtual buying houses virtually is you know a lot of work and it's challenging, but even, you know, when they provide you pictures of everything, you see it, it's great to have inspection contingency because pictures can always kind of be like a little manipulated more, yeah. more, more so if they, if they know what they're doing. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, yeah, after that, providing them that offer and if they accept it, then you're taking the property and buying it. And yeah. that's nice because they're getting what they want is like, I want to get out of this house fast. I want to move to another state. I want to move to Arizona and I don't want to be in Los Angeles anymore. Then you're right. solving their problem, right? Exactly. Yeah. And much, much quicker and much with much less hassle than like, you know, listing it with a realtor is uh, that's like a kind of a daunting task for a lot of people. If there's first, they don't want to, um, to show the property, right? Sometimes they like, well, they have kids, they have dogs at home. They just like, don't have the time to have people in and out of their house. Sometimes people are just super private, right? They just don't want like with listing a house, you're gonna have to do open houses. You get all these looky-loos coming through and people just don't want to deal with that. And then the other thing is just like having that certainty, right? Especially if you're coordinating a move and going to another state and, you know, changing jobs and stuff. It's hard to not only sell one house, but actually line that up with purchasing another and making sure like the dates align. And when you're working with someone who's buying it, like with a realtor, it's a lot harder to do it that way because um, 
you know, you're working with another set of family, their issues and their like needs for buying that house. Whereas with us, we don't really care. We can, we can be at the beck and call of whatever timeline they need. It's not like we have a specific timeline that we need it in. Right. Cause we're, we do this all the time. Yeah. And for me as a sales agent, I'm going to say yes and no. And the way <laughs> I see this, the way I see it is this too. We can yeah. provide cash offers too. My company can pro provide sure. cash offers too and do the same thing you're doing. But at the same time, I would say in general sales, there's different people with different needs. We need, all of us need to figure out what their needs are and if they match sure. what we're trying to do for them. If you, if they need cash and they need to move, they need to sell it. They, they want to prevent foreclosures, bankruptcies or whatever. They might, that you guys might be the perfect solution for that. Yep. So there's other people out there who say, Hey, I want the most top dollar for my house. I'll take a cash offer to see what number it is. I'll compare it to a real estate agent's offers of numbers. And I know that is more work. If it's 10,000, I might not care. If it's a hundred, 200,000, I might be interested to find, to find out backup case, I'll take the cash offer after, but yeah. of course people's priority timelines, we all have to understand that. And, you know, I get people where I sell top dollar on the house because their timeline was anytime you can sell it for me at the highest price. I'll take that. Yeah. Some people say I need it sold tomorrow. Well, Tomorrow is really hard. A cash offer will be the best choice for you tomorrow. Right, right. So that, that makes sense. And, you know, that's the understanding. And there's abundance of people who need something. And we're all, we're all there together to help them figure it out, what they need. And there's no right or wrong. It's just what you need. Um, you know, as long as no one's shady and says, hey, I'll buy your house for 200 when it's worth obviously 500 or a million dollars, right? Like stealing right. a house. That's totally yeah. different. No, that's, yeah, that's not what we do. But yeah, of course. Mm -hmm. So, you know, in the last few minutes too, what do you uh, recommend people do if they want to start improving their digital marketing, SEO marketing? What do you recommend? How do they, what, how should they move forward in 2022? Google, right? <laughs> like Google's where you, especially about, you know, SEO is the, is the process of ranking higher on Google, right? So what does Google say about like all these little questions? That's really how I learned everything to do with SEO. It's just like, like you start to, you watch a few videos on like maybe on YouTube or something. And then if it's some of your first videos on SEO, you've watched, you'll start to have lots of questions, right? Maybe they're using, they start talking about backlinks. And you have no idea what that is. Or so then just like Googling questions like that. And, um, you know, Google's who we're trying to rank on. So what does Google say about like good SEO practices, right? I think that's always like, the best resource. Yeah, I think Googling, like for me, I love Googling everything because one is you learn a lot from people out there. People are putting content out there. That means it some, has some value of importance to you, whether or not, but you can see different people's opinion on it. And when you start looking at, okay, what's backlinking? What's SEO? How do I perform my website perform better? And you start learning a little bit about it. You don't need to spend 100% of your time, but right. if you allocated like five to 10% of your week to improving your business on that end, and then you started finding people to help you do it, who understand what you research and you test it out, then you can start performing better, but you know that's a way to improve your marketing business, right? Right, yep. That's the fun part. And the last part I want to leave to people too is, you know, understanding Google web vitals, understanding how to rank better in performance matters, having your website up within less than a second up and making sure your GT metrics, your page speed insights are getting high rankings. A lot of websites out there look pretty, but it doesn't matter if your performance server performance is really low because guess what? If I can't load it within a second on my phone or my computer, I'm out of there. I'm onto the yeah. next person, right? And that drops your bounce rate. 
that's a fun metrics too. I actually was doing a test. I started hitting 100% performance metrics on these sites and I'm working on improving my uh, mobile sites now. Oh, cool. So I'll show you for a second. I'm gonna show you your site if I can share my screen for a second. Sure. Let's see if this works. Uh, let's see right here. It's a little bit tricky here. Let me see this window. So for example, let's see this window right here. This is your website, if you don't mind, I'm sharing this. You yeah. see my screen here? Yep. Okay, it's cool. So right now you did on GTA metrics, your 100% performance rate, your structure is 93, that can probably hit 98. Your LCP, TBT, and CLS, no one knows what that means, but if you look here, it tells you basically in milliseconds how long it takes to perform. Looking at your speed vitals, what are you doing here, and how fast do you get to the first loading, loading time, right? And then you start seeing here, what's your impact? What's the rate, uh, what can you improve? So for example, I look at these details and this is only being for technical geeks out there. We start looking at these details, seeing what's killing you here. Look at this, this Facebook connection is really bad for you, right? 20 minute cash or 20 minute cash is okay. Um, you start seeing what's causing your times, but these should be fixed. 1.1 seconds is actually really slow. So your, your carrot CDN, carrot is your provider. And it's a CDN, so a content delivery network could be improved because there shouldn't be that much. It's a CSS file. Do you need the CSS file? Or could you remove the CSS file, see if it improves your, your files? Yeah, your DL, DOMs are your elements. Could you reduce this? Because 1,064 is not bad. It's low. And it's only if you really want to be a true geek and hit 100% of everything just to say I hit 100%. Um, and use a content uh, delivery network. So these JavaScripts are not in your uh, delivery network. These should be moved to your CDN. And you can do that by minim minimizing it and then moving it to your CDN. That would improve your numbers here. Does it matter if you're already here near 100? Not so much, but at the same time, this is only web performance. How about your mobile performance? So you want to improve your mobile, right? Sorry. And then when you look at your page speed insight, you're at 90 right here for your desktop. Your mobile is 54. Your mobile should be at least 80, 70, 80, or 90. So you can start seeing why is the first content to paint 3.1 seconds. So your your images here is too big. You can mm. your render block through here. This is a, a, a thousand eighty eighty milliseconds for a fifty one kilobyte file. That's too slow. That's a carrot file too, so you can fix that. It's a CDN. Yeah, it's really hard because carrot. Do you have a carrot site or do you use something else? No, I use my own site. I use my own WordPress site, but I optimize it to be pretty quick. Yeah. I design, I design my own site too. So looking at that um, on my sites, and I'm, I've been playing with it for the past couple of weeks. Is this fun geeky stuff? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so mine right now is 29. It's actually bad. It's actually when I turn on my CDN, it's actually 85, but I actually made it slower right now because I'm trying to optimize what's not in a CDN to see how I can improve those first before I put it back to a CDN. So the 89, normally it's 95, 98. And then here too, I turned it off right now. So the way for you to like 100 performance performance, um, I can usually can get 100, 100, and get zero, 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 near zeros. Mm -hmm. And then in my hair part is low too. So you see this, I turned it off right now. So that's why you see so many elements and I'm looking at the element to see what I need to fix before I turn it back on. Cause content delivery networks improve your performance, but you're actually hiding what's the real performance if you don't know it. So yeah. fixing first to put it back. So th these are all fast now. See zeros? They used to be like hundreds and thousand. I got to do zero. But cool. All right. Anything, final words? <laughs> metrics, this is what you're using? 
I use GT metrics and I use um, Google Page Insights and then I use other tools to other site tools uh, alongside of what you're doing. Yeah, I'm gonna have to show, I, GT, I, I've heard of it before, but I've never paid too much attention to it. So I'm gonna check it out now. Yeah, GT metrics and Google Page Insights, Alexa site tools. I, I, I use Google Page Speed Insights, but Carrot really ha puts a lot of barriers on what they let you edit. So I'm, I'm yeah. Actually, thinking of moving it over to another to another platform, but yeah, yeah. consider. I know a lot of people use Carrot. It just really depends what you're doing and how per much performance. But for you, you're based on mobile. You're based on mobile performance too. So you, for your matter of SEO, since you do SEO, that actually has higher impact on you than other people who yeah. don't care. So yeah. just consideration. But um, thank you so much, Christina, on being on our show today. I hope you enjoyed it. How do people reach out to you? Um, you can find me on Instagram. That's my email, Christine at Mrs. Property Solutions. You can reach me on my website, which is just Mrs. Property Solutions.com. And then Instagram is at Christina Kudlock. And cool. yeah. thank you guys so much uh, for being on our show today, the Truth About Real Estate Podcast. Be sure to check us out on our website, MatthewMod.com, or on YouTube. We'll talk to you soon. Have a great day. Thanks.